Hi, everyone, and welcome to Organizing Life's Daily Demands. My name is Peter Gordon, and I'm the president of New York Financial Organizers. We're daily money managers and help people pay their bills, file insurance claims, and pretty much do all the non-investment side of personal finance, which involves organizing life's daily demands. And the purpose of this podcast is to introduce you to other professionals who will do who have similar roles in different aspects of, um, of at least in my case, my clients' lives and other people's lives. So I'm really pleased to introduce Lisa Snow. She's so critical in helping people deal with their lives' daily demands in the work she does. So um, hi, Lisa. How are you doing today? Excited to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> my pleasure. Lisa and I... Um, I, I must say, Lisa is one, if not the best networker that I know. She is amazing. She is a connector beyond anybody. I, I, I as good as anyone I've, I've dealt with. Um, I've been dealing with Russell Rivera the last few days, and that's somebody that uh, Lisa introduced me to, who's been a great help to my clients. So, with that said, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm glad some of those connections have worked out. That's always really good to hear. I'm Lisa Snow. The company is on the mend. And we do personal training with older adults, people with disabilities. We make house calls in the New York City area, meaning five boroughs, lower Westchester. We also see a lot of clients on Zoom. We have seniors classes on Zoom. And it's really just about getting older adults healthier, happier, stronger, moving more, having more energy, things like that. Got it. Um, so uh, tell me, you know, falls are really critical with seniors and um, preventing them. And actually, I myself suffer from uh, spinal stenosis and understand the uh, the critical need to uh, stay away from falls. So how does fitness help older, um, the older adults that you work with with fall prevention? I think that's really the number one goal for most of our older clients. So when you think about balance as a whole, there's a lot of different aspects to it, right? So part of it is visual. Can you see the floor? Can you see where you are in space? So we always want to recommend that seniors get their glasses checked. Some of them have a pair of glasses that they absolutely love from 10 years ago that aren't the right prescription anymore. Uh, that That's that's great. I love you going to glasses. I mean, you're about fitness, but you talk about glasses, and which is critical. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many aspects beyond fitness, right? We always want to look at sometimes people have two or five or 10, 15 different doctors. So we always want to encourage people to take their whole giant list of prescriptions back to their primary care. But honestly, take it all to your pharmacist, right? It's the only free healthcare you're ever going to get. And just have them double check. Like, are some of these things duplicates, like different brands? Sometimes those um, duplicate medications can be a contributor to balance. But in terms of fitness and what we do, Fitness is so important for fall prevention because fitness is a skill. It's not a 
inborn talent. It's not that we're losing balance because we're aging. We're losing balance because we stop practicing. We've seen clients in their 70s, 80s, 90s improve their balance. Right now, our two oldest clients are a 94-year-old lady and a 100-year-old gentleman. They're still working on better balance, so it's never too late. So from a fitness standpoint, some of the big contributors to balance are leg strength, right? Just getting stronger quads, hamstrings, calves, glutes, right? Really, really important to have that strength training piece and also just practicing balance, right? Practicing walking in line. Like if your feet are doing what my hands are doing, practicing balancing on one foot, practicing standing on something a little bit squishy, like an Airx pad or a BOSU. So is it, where, that, and that would that be on one leg or is just just practicing on the pad with both feet? Well, it depends on their level, right? Like you would start with right. both feet if that's easy. Maybe you try doing some step ups to the pad. Maybe you try standing on one foot but hanging onto the wall. Maybe you try standing on one foot not hanging onto the wall. But again, it's progression because the vast majority of what people think is due to aging has nothing to do with aging. It's not how many years old they are. It's how many years has it been since they were working out and really challenging their balance. That's fascinating. Yeah. So in, in essence, it's never too late. Never. And even for older adults living with chronic conditions, whether that's osteopenia, osteoporosis, arthritis, We've had clients with MS. We've had clients with Parkinson's. Everybody can improve their balance. Now, is it going to be as good as someone who didn't have those conditions? Maybe not, but it's still going to be better than their baseline when they started. That's great. Now, you know, I you work with people in person. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that works? Yeah. So I have a team. It's not just me. We have another personal trainer. We have a massage therapist and all of us make house calls. So that means we can go visit seniors that are living alone, seniors that are living with home health aides, folks in independent living, assisted living. And we literally get on the subway and show up and ring their doorbell. So if they are in an assisted living or they're in an apartment complex that has a gym in the building, we'll typically see people there, but they don't need any of that. If we're going to their home, we get them any equipment that they need to do the sessions. We don't sell them equipment. It's just included in the cost of their sessions. And people can do more than they think, right? right. You look at most older adults that go to a gym by themselves, they're going to grab those one pound dumbbells, two pound dumbbells. You would be amazed that with a year or two of practice, a lot of older adults can work up to fives, eights, tens. We've had people in their 90s work up to 10 or 12 pound dumbbells, not on day one. Yes. But you think about... A gallon of milk is something like eight pounds, right? If they have a 15-pound 
small dog or cat, right? If they're only able to lift one pound, they're not really functional to live independently. Someone who can only lift one pound, maybe already in a nursing home, maybe getting there fast, right? So we want to make sure that they're strong enough to deal with everything in their environment. We want them to have the range of motion to get a jar off a high shelf in the kitchen, lift that really heavy hanger with a suit because they're going to a grandkid's graduation or whatever the case may be. That's and great. Most important thing is getting back that ability to stand up from the floor. Right. Almost everyone can relearn that. Occasionally we'll get a client who's a full-time wheelchair user that's not going to get that back and that's okay. They can still work on stronger arms and a healthier back. But for almost all of our older adults with practice, if they relearn to get up from the floor, of course we still want to prevent falls. But if God forbid they do fall, it's so much less scary for them. So how, how do you teach somebody to get back up from the floor? Well, first we want to find out, is there really an injury or is it just that they haven't done it in a while, right? So if they have an injury, you want to talk to their primary care doc. Maybe there's an orthopedic surgeon we could talk to. Maybe there's a physical therapist we could talk to. Because I find just communication is such a huge challenge in the healthcare system, Right. So often we'll hear someone whose surgeon told them, okay, we just did a shoulder replacement. Let's not lift anything heavy overhead for X amount of weeks. I'm like, that's good advice. What the patient heard sometimes is don't lift anything heavy ever for the rest of your life. And if they're thinking that's what they heard and they're taking that to heart, Not lifting anything heavy for the rest of their life is going to cause them to lose bone density, lose muscle mass. It's setting them up for sarcopenia. So really, really want to make sure we understand what their doctor was recommending versus what they think they remember, what the home health aide thinks they remember from six months ago. So we really want to make sure we know what's going on. And then it's practice, right? It's a thick enough mat that their knees aren't going to hurt when they get down to the floor. It's let's see, Hey, maybe I can't go from laying down to standing up. Maybe I can go from kneeling to standing up. Maybe you can go from all fours to standing up. And then you just gradually add more and more range. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, we recently came out of COVID and um, the, the protocols and, and you know, we're, you're known for in-person ho- house calls. How are you able to deliver your sessions and classes on Zoom? It's been awesome to watch seniors adapt to that. I think early in COVID, a lot of us in the elder care world weren't really sure how open seniors would be to doing Zoom. I've talked to so many geriatric care managers and elder law attorneys and other folks that are in your circle. And 
you know, we all had our doubts at the beginning, but seniors have totally mastered Zoom at this point. They've done online language classes. They've Zoomed into Christmas and Hanukkah and birthday parties and everything else. So they've really... Right. Absolutely. So really the biggest impact that I saw COVID having with seniors beyond just the illness itself was the isolation. Yes, being less physically active is a problem. Yes, losing bone density is a problem. But the isolation is crippling. So to me, the real value of Zoom at this point, now that pretty much anyone who wants to be vaccinated already is, is that now people can do fitness classes with their friends versus just with random strangers at a local gym or a local physical therapy practice, right? So one of the things that we hear all the time with seniors is their friends have moved out of state, right? Maybe their adult kids moved to California. Maybe their other older friends have moved to Florida, but maybe they're still here in New York. So the beautiful thing about Zoom is if they were doing in person, it would literally be me or somebody on my staff getting on the Metro North or getting on the subway and physically going to their house. And it's just them. And that's going to be a great session. But if we're on Zoom, you could have one friend in Manhattan, one friend in Stanford, one friend in Long Island, and two friends in Florida in the same small group class. That's great. And now it's not just we're doing bicep curls and we're doing therabands. It's now they're talking about the movies that they're watching on Netflix and the books that they're reading on book club. Some of our older adults that come to our classes genuinely want to work out and truly are motivated. And we also have older adults that don't really care about working out, but they want to see their friends. And unfortunately for them, we also make them exercise. That's really great. That's great. I never thought of that. Um, and so speaking of exercises, I mean, we've talked about how stretching and yoga are essential for seniors. Can you, can you tell me why that's the case? A lot of the flexibility that we lose as we get older is not from aging, it's from sitting. So when we look at the blue zones and we look at cultures where people are routinely living into their late 80s, 90s, 100s, many of those cultures have features in the environment that force people to be active, right? There are hills that people have to climb. If you have a, a treadmill in your house, you could let it collect dust. You could let it become a coat rack. If you've got a giant hill in front of your yard, you have to go up the hill to go to the grocery right. store or go to church or go to the synagogue or whatever the case may be. So that's one aspect. You know, we look at, you know, parts of Asia where a traditional part of the culture is sitting on the floor to eat. Right. Think about the incredible hip mobility that people have because they have to stand up from the floor every single day. So 
in the Western world, we spend a lot of time staring at screens, right? That's all of us, young, old, everything in between. And a lot of time sitting in chairs and not a lot of time doing overhead activities as adults that we did as kids. So as a kid, think about it. You're reaching overhead to dunk a basket. You're reaching overhead to swim laps. You're reaching overhead to dance, right? And as adults, everything is shoulder height and below. Wow. Keyboards, ink pens and notepads, paper newspapers. Again, a lot of our folks in their 70s, 80s, they still get the New York Times and they're not reading it on the iPad. They're physically like turning the newspaper pages. So everything is below us, right? So so we need to stretch to get back that flexibility to reach overhead, that flexibility to get down on the floor to pick up a grandchild or pick up a cat. And it's literally, if you don't use it, you lose it. When I hear stretch, I think of my legs. I don't think of my arms. And, And my arms are, my shoulders are stiff. You know, so I think that's fantastic. Really, really great advice. And I swim, but I don't do the crawl. And it could be one of the reasons. And I'm going to focus on that this year. Well, first of all, it's awesome that you're swimming, right? Imagine if everybody in the city was swimming or walking or jogging or riding a bike, or maybe it's an older person with a balance issue. Maybe it's a tricycle instead of a bike. But if everyone were doing that kind of activity, right, we wouldn't have the health crisis that we have now. So give yourself a round of applause for that. But yeah, I mean, I think people visualize stretching as lower body because for a lot of us when we were younger, we were doing a lot of walking or jogging or running. And what do you want to do to warm up or cool down from a run, right? You want to stretch those calves and front thighs and things right. like that. So we forget that as we get older, Gotta keep those shoulders going as well. You know, I know for um, for seniors, uh, bone density is critical. What kind of exercise is uh, is is good for to help other older adults with uh, maintaining bone density? So 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 important to have weight bearing exercise, and how we communicate that with our older clients is super important because weight-bearing exercise can mean lifting weights, but it can also mean therabands. It can also mean a tree pose in yoga where you're standing on one foot, right? So when we talk to some of our older gentlemen and we talk to them about weight-bearing exercise, they're like, yes, let's bring back the glory days, right? It could be really motivating. If you talk to younger women in their 30s, 40s, most of them are pretty smart, pretty savvy, and they know that lifting weights isn't about bulking up. Lifting weights for a young person can really help with weight loss, and it's really beneficial, and they know that. But when we talk to our older ladies in their 70s, 80s, 90s, when they hear weight-bearing exercise, what they're picturing is Arnold. And that's not what we're talking about, all right? If we're dealing with an older woman, it's not about 
I pick things up and I put them down. It's using weights to help them maintain bone density, right? So it's things like chair squats, sitting and standing from a chair. It's things like lunges. It's things like climbing the stairs. And when we think about the amount of weight that we're using with seniors, we got to think about what's happening in their environment. So you think about a very petite older woman, maybe the the type of client or patient that inspired the, the phrase, the little old lady, right? Some of them are small people. And even someone who's, you know, five feet tall and older, it's got to be at least a hundred pounds, right? So when we think of an older person who might be a little bit frail, we think, oh, we're going to give them those five pound dumbbells. And maybe that's where we start. But if she weighs a hundred pounds, every time she stands up from a movie theater seat or the toilet or her couch, she's lifting a hundred pounds, Right. So if we thought of even our frail seniors as being powerful enough that they're lifting 100 pounds, how would that transform not only the exercise programs that we prescribe for them, but how we interact with them, how we treat them, how we speak to them? Right. Think about how empowering that is for her to think about that. I'm not a frail senior, I'm an athlete. I'm lifting 100 pounds. Right. So if we translate that into the gym, maybe she's progressing from doing a square, a chair squat with just her body weight to holding on to five or 10 pound dumbbells doing that. Right. She's sitting on a leg press and maybe she can press 50 or 100 pounds on a leg press. Right. As long as it's pain free, good range of motion, as long as we worked up to that. So, yeah, weight bearing. For seniors. That's great. Um, so I have one last question, and, and that is, um, how is personal training different from physical therapy? Very different. We love physical therapists. We refer out to physical therapy. We get patients referred from physical therapy, but they truly are different things. So PT is treating something specific. You've had a knee replacement, you've had a hip replacement, you've got to get back range of motion in that knee, period. If you don't get back range in that knee, you're not going to walk normally again, you're not going to be able to climb stairs, you're not going to be able to get up from the floor. A lot of patients get frustrated that PT is just working on one thing, but they have to. Insurance is so intense in terms of making the sessions so short, not giving you a lot of sessions. You have to work on that injured area, right? Personal training, especially for our older adults, is helping with daily activities. It's not about one injured knee or one injured hip. It's let's make sure you're strong enough to lift that basket of laundry, Let's make sure you're strong enough to carry those heavy bags of groceries. Let's make sure you're flexible enough 
that you can reach down and pick up your dog without hurting your back. So for a lot of clients, we're a step two after they finish physical therapy. Sometimes clients will use us to get stronger to prep for a specific surgery because they know they've only got a certain number of covered visits and they want to use that all for post-op. So I would say anyone who has acute pain is going to be rehab. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, you know, uh, Lisa, this was really informative, you know, and I love the topic and, um, you know, I, I think I know a fair amount, but I've learned so much just in this one short session. Um, uh, your information will certainly be on both the podcast and the video, but would you, uh, like to tell us, uh, out loud how people could get in touch with you? Absolutely. Company is on the mend. So the website is on the mend fitness.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Again, my name is Lisa Snow. Always happy to connect with other elder care professionals there. And I love what you're building here because especially for adult kids of seniors, it can be so overwhelming to find those resources because there's no one thing. It's not like just training or just physical therapy or just occupational therapy. It's everything. It's daily money managers like you. It's elder law attorneys. It's putting all those pieces together to really support our older adults. Right. And the, I mean, the information is so decentralized and it's, it's, it's a struggle, you know, and, and um, so I appreciate your comments. Uh, that's really great. Um, Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, the This video is, a, you know, if you're watching the video, it's the background and my look is a little different because I'm in on vacation. It's uh, almost New Year's. I'm in Ottawa, Canada, um, snowless Ottawa, interestingly enough. Um, and I um, look forward to uh, seeing you all or having you hear us at our next podcast. Take care. Thank you, Lisa.